Welcome to Unsupervised Learning. I'm Daniel Meisler, and this is a weekly show that explores the intersection of security, technology, and humans. I spend 5 to 20 hours a week consuming books, articles, and podcasts, which I then turn into a concise 15 to 30-minute summary and analysis. There's a summary episode every week, as well as periodic standalone episodes that are either me sharing an idea on a topic or discussing one with a guest. The goal is twofold, to keep you up to date on the absolute latest in security and technology, and to explore ideas that hopefully give you something to think about. All right, welcome to episode 208, starting off security news. So the New York Times just did this fantastic piece on cell phone monitoring and tracking. It showed how dozens of companies are able to track individual devices and how just a little bit of intelligence and inference can be used to figure out the actual identities of the people of these individual devices. So they posted a bunch of visuals showing these devices moving around on maps, and they were overlaid on top of like the White House, CIA headquarters, like the Pentagon, just all kinds of crazy sensitive places. And it looks like they actually tracked Trump's phone, a bunch of Secret Service agents, and uh, it, it was insane. And they basically said, yeah, it's really easy to figure out who actually owns these things just by looking at where they go to sleep every night and where they go to work. Yeah, so you can basically look at the routes, just basically figure out exactly where they're going and when they're going there. It seemed like a crazy like security breach in my mind. I'm sure they coordinated with a whole bunch of people before they released it. But yeah, really powerful stuff. And then you've got the companies that are using this information and selling it and doing whatever with it to sort of uh, you know make money from it. But uh, yeah, really, really good article. I mean, there's been multiple articles over the years, last few years about mobile phone tracking, but this is the best one, I think, by far. Chinese criminals have been using drones to drop African swine flu infected items into competitor pig farms. They then, those farmers then have to sell those pigs because like they're, they're compromised, they're sick. Um, and they sell them at a lower price. So the criminals then go in and buy them at the lower price and then go and sell them for the full price as if they weren't sick. And this is a business model. Drones, biological weapons, swine flu, I'm not sure if that qualifies because it's really a natural weapon. You're just weaponizing it. Either way, it sounds cooler, right? Bioweapons, um, <laughs> drones, I, I, I think we just need AI. We'll have the trifecta. An Arab messaging application called Talk Talk or no, Totalk has been downloaded by millions throughout the Middle East and elsewhere, like Africa, Europe, all over the place. But based on some analysis by U.S. intelligence officials, the New York Times and the New York Times, it's actually a spying app for keeping tabs on everyone using it. So basically, I think it's the UAE intelligence services deployed it as a way of gathering information, basically keeping tabs and spying on people. So it's been pulled from the app stores and uh, people are looking into it. Alex Stamos's Internet Observatory project at Stanford found that Bing has a much worse problem with mis and disinformation than Google does, with uh, one evaluation showing 125 sources of bad information uh, compared to Google's 13, which is like 10x. And it also shows far more conspiracy, white supremacist, and Russian propaganda content in its results. So it looks like they have some work to do. Luckily, the impact is reduced by not as many people using it. According to a big study by Microsoft, the number one predictor of bugs is organizational complexity, not some sort of other technical issue, which makes sense because security is a process and we have complexity that processes are harder. 
23andMe is taking in $300 million from GlaxoSmithKline in exchange for sharing genetic data on their customers. This reminds me of AI and facial recognition. I mean, obviously, drug companies are the best people to use such data to come up with new medicines, right? So that, that's positive. We want to see that. But it's also big data eating big pharma, which could easily meet big dystopia in the future. I think what it really comes down to is you have to factor in how much value you get from this, how much positive comes from it. And then you have to calculate the the probability of the negative scores. What, what are the chances that it's going to be sold to some shady drug company and they make some bad drug and it hurts you or something, you specifically or your family? Or that China or Russia will steal the database of 23andMe or Ancestry or, or one of these other databases. And they'll make some kind of weaponized drug, which could somehow hurt you or your family or your children in the future, right? You have to calculate those numbers and figure it out for you whether or not you think the, the benefit is you know, greater than the, the deficit. In my mind, uh, it's definitely better. I, I think this knowledge is very valuable and the chances of the bad things happening are low. I think the chances of the compromise are pretty high, actually, if it hasn't already happened. But the chances of like real tangible bad stuff happening in any sort of near term, I think is fairly low. And hopefully there will be countermeasures by then. So it's all about that risk assessment and uh, figuring out what that calculation is for you. SSH key shielding is an attempt to protect SSH keys stored in RAM from speculative execution bugs. And I think this is being pioneered by the OpenBSD project. See here, new legislation is about to go into effect that goes after spam phone calls. The law requires the big phone carriers, AT&T, Verizon, T-Mobile. Not sure if Sprint is included or not. Are they still around? Oh, maybe T-Mobile bought them. That happened a long time ago. All right. To implement Stir Shaken which is a protocol for authentication and will fine up to $10,000 per call to spammers. I think this is a really positive move, but you have to catch them first. Like these people already know this is illegal. It's not like they're going to be like, Oh, well, I guess there's a law. I guess we'll stop. And like half of them are in Mandarin. So I think it's Mandarin. I mostly get Mandarin. I get some Cantonese, but that's probably like 60% of, the spam I get at this point, although I'm using apps. So the apps make it a lot better. It's probably reduced my calls by 90, 95%. Someone has compiled a list of software supply chain compromises on GitHub. This is really cool. Advisories, definitely patch your Cisco ASA stuff. Uh, Drupal has some major volumes you need to fix. Breaches, Zynga had 173 million passwords stolen. And for security company news, F5 has purchased Shape Security for $1 billion. And they're basically doing like automation, bot detection using AI things. Technology news. You're about to be able to tell Google Assistant to translate for you in real time. You can say something like, hey, Google, be my German translator. And it'll listen to you, translate what you say, and read it out loud. This is the future we've all been waiting for. A lot like app-based medical appointments, which I talked about in a couple shows ago. Elon Musk just told all his potential competitors that he won't sue them for using any of his patented technologies that help save the environment. I think this is extremely well done. I think he just put the earth above money, which is easy to do if you're a billionaire. But um, really happy to hear this. He was just like, yep, we are doing this to save the planet. And to prove that to you, go ahead and use all of our tech and we won't sue. 
Life goals. Audio live streaming is becoming big in China, and people are wondering if it's going to take off in the U.S. as well. It's basically like an interactive podcast where people could talk to the host and or other listeners while it's going on. Facebook is building its own OS so it can get off of Android. I think this is cool. Uh, I expect shortly after this, they'll come out with another phone. Like, if they really want to win, they need to have a phone. So I expect that to come after they have an OS. Human news, new epigenetic tests are coming out that can tell you your biological age, which is basically whether your effective age is older or younger than your actual age. So epigenetic means all the environmental things that turn on different switches inside of your body to activate different genes. So <clears throat> it's genotype versus phenotype, basically. Um, well, that's part of it. But epigenetics is basically if you're eating well, if you're taking care of your body, if you are breathing good air, um, good habits, good sleep, but all these different things are basically factors that can affect these things. And, uh, yeah, you can actually get a score and it's like, Oh, I'm 35 and my thing says I'm 42. Well, that means I should stop smoking and start running and whatever. But, um, these things are evidently fairly cheap and one is coming out from Elysium soon in January, hopefully which I've been taking Elysium forever because I'm stupid. Um, it's one of the, it's the most amazing drug ever. If you're a marketing person, it's like all the people who sold it to me, they're like MIT, Harvard, all these super smart people. And they're like, yeah, this, we're not saying this extends your life, you know, but it could, it could improve the quality of your life over time. And they're like, here's some sciencey stuff. And all the people are super reputable. And it's, you know, it's super cool, like cutting a t uh, technology or whatever. And I'm like, yeah, okay, that sounds smart. And it's a small investment for kind of a long shot of extending life, right? It Like, obviously, I don't think it's going to give you 10 years or 20 years or something like that. But if it makes life better, if it slows down aging or whatever, that'd be cool. Yeah, so anyway, this new test will absolutely tell you what your age, your actual age is compared to your biological or numerical ages. Ideas, trends, and analysis, how absurdism applies in everyday life. So my latest essay on absurdism, that's what this is. I basically give my definition of absurdism and provide multiple examples for how it applies in just everyday life. Meritonian norms are the four principles that modern science are based on, is based on. Uh, it's basically communism, not that one. It's more like shared shared goals. Universalism, disinterestedness, and organized skepticism. And I learned about this in the Annie Frank book, Thinking in Bets, which was fantastic. Finished that a couple days ago. And the whole decade explained in two photos. That's a little bit strong, but still cool uh, Twitter post here. And 54% of Chinese people born after 1995 said their most desired occupation was influencer. And updates, uh, really enjoying my upgrade to Feedly Pro. The AI recommendations are pretty cool, but I just noticed it also started highlighting the pertinent part of articles for me, which is outstanding considering how quickly I need to get to the point of things when I'm reviewing thousands of articles. And I'm working on a best of what I learned style post for 2019, which should be done probably in a week or so, probably be in the next newsletter. And I want to read at least 10 classics in 2020. And I'm also getting a full genome analysis done in 2020 as well. 
price keeps coming down. I just need to find a good carrier. I, I, I wish like 23andMe or Ancestry would do one because I don't want to use another vendor, which will also be compromised by China. Uh, Discovery, a book on how to stay alive in the woods and what David Perel learned in 2019. This is a really good uh, sort of collection. Recommendations, as you head into 2020, think less about goals and think more about systems. Think of systems as collections of habits or behaviors designed to achieve certain outcomes and think of habits as the compound interest of behavior, which you're either earning or that you owe, depending on whether or not they're good or bad habits. And second recommendation, read Atomic Habits before January 6th, which is the book that I extracted the above wisdom from. Still just starting that book, but it's pretty short. Fantastic. It's the best habit book I've read, and I've probably read like 15 of them. In the aphorism for the week, to be completely cured of newspapers, spend a year reading the previous week's newspapers. To be completely cured of newspapers, spend a year reading the previous week's newspapers. Nassim Taleb. All right. Thanks for listening to this episode of Unsupervised Learning. I believe ads are not just annoying, but that their incentive structure is toxic to the content creation process. So if you enjoy the show, please consider supporting it directly for just $5 a month or $50 a year, which is two months for free. UL members get the newsletter each week instead of just twice a month. They get access to the archives. They get access to the UL Slack community, where we share ideas and links about the topics we discuss here in the podcast. They also get access to the UL Book Club, where we pick a book a month and talk about it live as a group. To become a member, just head over to danielmeesler.com slash subscribe. And thank you so much to everyone who's already a member. Each of you is helping support a model of content creation that we really need right now. And I appreciate you greatly. We'll see you next time.